This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Yeah, good morning. So we are doing the Uddhav Gita. This is a continuation of the same chapter, which is chapter thirteen. And in this, we were doing about the two ashramas, basically the Vanaprastha as well as the Sanyasashram. Now there is a very little difference between the two of them, though <laughs> yes, of course, one of them means that he is completely on the other side of the spiritual and the first one is going towards the spiritual. These are two aspects of it. So we are continuing with verse 29. Alright, chapter 13, verse 29. The last message of Sri Krishna, Uddhav Gita. So we are doing Uddhav Gita, last message of Sri Krishna, verse 29 from chapter 13. Though wise, he should play as a child. Though expert, he should move about like an idiot. Though erudite, he should talk like a lunatic. And though well versed in the scriptures, he should live as if he were a cow. Now, this, this is a very, very strange verse. It is the way of life of a person who is on the path of spiritual, an advanced person who is on the path of spiritual. Now, how is he supposed to be? Though wise, he should play like a child. See, when you are a wise person, you normally tend to behave like you know, God Almighty. Maybe you can say there is a halo on top of the head and then people start behaving in a very standoffish kind of a manner, thinking no end of themselves. Actually, Krishna says to Uddhava that a person is supposed to behave literally like a kid. You know, when a child behaves, he throws tantrums, he does all kinds of nonsensical activities and there are too many things which a child does. If you see a child, the way he behaves with an elder, sometimes he will keep on insisting, Mom, I want this, I want this, I want this. And it, is, it sounds so silly, you know. And the mother gives in to the child and says, Okay, take this, keep quiet. <laughs> now, this yogi is a person who is exactly like that. He behaves in a very, very kiddish manner. If you look at his attire also, he will be something very, very similar. If you see him eating food, you will find most of the food is dropping on his, <laughs> on his clothes. If you see him walk outside, he will be walking in a very funny manner. It's never as if in a, you know, how a dignified person will walk. He is not going to walk like a dignified person at all. He will be shuffling around, sometimes he will be running, sometimes he is walking. That kind of a thing. Even in his talk, he is going to be very, very skittish. He will say, oh, you know, those kind of funny noises he's going to make. <laughs> and believe me, there is a reason for saying all this. I will come to the reason once we finish this line. He should move about like an idiot. This is a fact of life. When, you, when Krishna says, a sage is supposed to move like an idiot, 
believe me, he has to be an idiot. He cannot sound like a person who is knowledgeable. You see, a knowledgeable person is a person who will have airs, who will put on airs. <laughs> I know the answer. You don't know the answer. You see, this is a standoffish kind of a person. He will have his nose up in the air. He will look at the person through his, if he is wearing glasses, he will look mm, like that, you know. No, a sage is not supposed to do like that. He is supposed to behave like a complete crackpot. Understand this. He is supposed to behave like a complete lunatic. If you think that he is going to act in one manner, like a normal human being, you are mistaken. A sage is a complete opposite of a normal human being. He behaves totally like a, a mad fellow. You know, he is saying something, you are doing something, you know. There is no coordination anywhere in the way he is talking, walking or whatever. He should move about like an idiot. Though erudite, he should talk like a lunatic. Though he knows everything. But if you look at a sage, the first thing he'll say is, I don't know. <laughs> if you ask him a question, he'll look at you, he'll give you a blank look and say, I don't know. But he knows everything. If you think that he's, <laughs> you know, he makes all these kinds of sounds and makes mistakes. But he is such an erudite speaker. He is very eloquent in his speech. If you ever sit in front of a sage, a master, a true master, he is going to be the most eloquent speaker of all. He knows the right usage of language. He knows every scripture. But he is never going to tell you that he knows. He is knowledgeable to the extremes. But he is never going to tell you that he has any understanding of the subject. A true master never has airs. He doesn't move around as if there is a battalion behind him. Have you seen a queen walking? I am sure. You see, the queen is walking in front and there are all the courtiers walking behind. And they walk as if they are going for some funeral. Hmm? <laughs> I mean, just imagine them walking. Very solemn. If you walk with a guru, a spiritual master, a gem, he is going to be behaving as if there is something wrong over there. He is never going to go straight. He will go left, right, suddenly in the middle of the road, he will say, I don't want to go. There is no way of knowing a true master. A sage can never be understood. He should never be understood. This is the truth about a sage. First and foremost, he is never going to be bothered about the way he speaks. You see, people weigh their words, the way they speak, their, the way they pronounce, so on and so forth. Everything is so perfect. But if you look at a sage... Suddenly he will go off somewhere. <laughs> In the middle of the sentence only, he will just stop talking. And then he will look sometimes blankly in the air. And you may wonder, what's wrong with this guy? 
<laughs> this is the way he is. Though well versed in the scriptures, he should live as if he were a cow. Now, this is a very, very important verse. Anybody who is a sage, if you meet a sage on the road, if he doesn't behave like this, he is not a sage. If a sage behaves as if there is a big battalion following him, if a sage behaves, you know, as if, you know, he's going for a great jamboree and say, ha, hello, how are you? Okay, as if he's addressing a nation. You see all the great, all the great people in this world, the presidents and the prime ministers. Namaste. Hello. What is this? You think you are getting off a plane or something like that? Huh? You are having some great uh, welcome committee? Well, you will never find that with a true sage. A true sage will be running around hither and thither. Okay? And if you expect him to conform to your way of thinking, you are absolutely wrong. Because he is not supposed to do that. The way in which Krishna has described the sage is very, very peculiar. Now I will tell you the reasoning why this is done. The sage doesn't want to be recognized. Nobody should recognize him. The reason why he behaves like a lunatic or he behaves like a child, he behaves as if he doesn't know anything, as if there is no idea of what is happening in this world. And if you ask him something, some knowledge, he is going to look blank. Though he knows everything. He is not supposed to draw attention towards himself. He is not supposed to say, I know. Though he knows, but he is not supposed to draw attention to himself. He is not supposed to become famous. He is not supposed to be known to people. He doesn't want to be visible to anybody. He has to be incognito. Incognito. So when people come to him, he shoes them away. You see, when people come to him, meet him, many a times people will come to meet a sage. The sage will not even look at that person. He'll, he'll behave as if he doesn't know this person from Adam. And if you ask him a question, he will give you some vague answers. If, he, if a sage gives you a straight answer, there's something wrong with that sage. His answers are, will be completely off the center. They will be completely as if he doesn't know anything. This is the truth about a sage. Krishna says that the sage has to be exactly like this. He should be like a child. He should be like a lunatic. He should be like a cow. Yeah. You know how the cows are? They are roaming around in the, in the fields. They are least bothered about it. They will go and eat even the plastic that is there. You are not supposed to throw plastic. But you have seen a lot of cows eating plastic. You have seen that? They eat anything. Now we will come to the way he lives. Okay, this is a very important lesson. The sage is not supposed to be conforming to the material worldly ways of living. He is completely off the center. Reason is, he is not supposed to draw any attention towards himself. He should not have heirs. 
you know, the way people talk. I'm sure you have seen a lot of these idiots on television and various other medias. You should see the way they will have airs about. Okay, I am going to tell you a story. What are you doing, man? You're not, you're, this is not the way to talk. <coughs> you see, if you are a sage, there should be no conformity in the way you speak. You should not be wearing clothes which the people think you should be wearing. You can be wearing anything. A tone garment also doesn't matter. You can pick up the stuff from the road also and eat it in front of other people. Really doesn't matter. You know the reason why you should do all these things? If you are a sage, you should do all these things so that people go away from you. Not because they should come towards you. They should go away from you. The idea is never to draw attention to oneself. A true spiritual master will behave completely like a lunatic. Alright, we move to verse 30 from chapter 13, Uddhav Gita, the last message of Sri Krishna. He should not be fond of upholding the ritualistic portion of the Vedas, nor should be a heretic, nor should be given to barren arguments in disputes arising out of empty discussions. He should take neither sides. Now, this is an important thing. He should not be fond of upholding the ritualistic portion of the Vedas. If you find a priest, if you, if you find a sage who is saying, no, you got to follow these Vedas. These particular verses have to be said this way. Please remember this. Krishna is giving an advice about a sage. It is not some ordinary Babaji from roadside. All these Babajis from roadside, you know, they are worthless characters. They will tell you, you have to say the verses like this. You have to behave like this. You are supposed to be like that. They will also be so erudite in their, you know, the perfection of their words. When they say the verses as if the Vedas are spouting from them. Ramakrishna Paramahansa, when he was asked, does he know Gita? He said, I don't know. So, though Gita is on his on the tip of his tongue, but yet he will say, I don't know. There are things which are very, very peculiar. Understand one thing. A sage, a supreme master doesn't even show that he knows those verses. He doesn't even say, see, he should not be fond of upholding the ritualistic portion of the Vedas. If he says that you have to follow a ritual which is there in the Vedas, he is not a sage. Remember these words. If somebody is saying, this is the ritual you got to follow, you know. Why? It is written in the Vedas that you should be doing the Upvasa, you should be doing the Surya Namaskara, you should be doing these. If you look at a sage, a true master, a true master will say, huh? what is that? I don't know. What is the Surya Namaskar? I don't know. He will behave like this. He better behave like this. If he says, no, you should do the Surya And this is a wrong way of doing the Surya Namaskar. You have to bend forward. Okay, come on. Only jerks will do that. Because they want to tell you the correct way of doing. Whereas a true sage doesn't even give a damn. He will say, oh, this is the ritualistic part of the Vedas. I am not interested. Get out from here. See, if 
I am telling you something from my own mind, it is a different story. But here, Krishna says these words very, very directly. And he says it to Uddhava, saying that the sage is not supposed to bother about the ritualistic portion of the Vedas. They, I'm sure you have heard about the suktas and all those kind of things. People keep on, they keep on saying this. A true sage will say, oh, who gives a damn to this? This is how the sage behaves. He should not be a heretic also. You, you understand? A heretic is a person who is completely, you know, saying that, I don't believe in all that. He could be an atheist also, you know. No. The understanding has to be this. There is a way. There are kinds of people in this world. Now, this is an understanding which you should have. Those who are the true followers of spirituality and those who are the fake followers of spirituality. Those who are the true followers of spirituality should be told by the sage not to do those kind of things. But those who are the fake followers, you see, you have your own parents at home, you have your grandfather, your grandmother, everybody who is around you, all the friends and relatives who are around you, they they'll keep on doing like this, you see. To them you should say, of course, you should follow the rituals, the rites that are prescribed. Go to so many temples. Give that particular God whatever they want. Do those 21 times. That is okay. Why? Because those people are idiots. They don't understand anything. They will do rituals like nobody's business. And rituals is a part of a common man's life. But a true spiritualist doesn't even bother about it. No botheration. He just will be behaving like a lunatic. You got the answer? He should not be given to barren arguments. People will come and say, how can you say like this? You see, it is written in the Vedas that you should follow them diligently and perfectly to the T. And, oh, I was speaking like Swami Chinmayananda, by the way. That was a little bit of a... The way of talking. You see, the idea is never argue with a person. If somebody says, you have to do this. Somebody came and asked me, Guruji, I learned the Surya Namaskar. Should I do this? I looked at that person and said, you want to do? Do. It's not my problem. Okay. Tomorrow if you break your back, you know, while doing Surya Namaskar, that is your funeral, not mine. Already you see this body of mine, you know, it's gone out of shape. And you want me to do all those namaskars and all, I am least bothered about it. You see, if God has programmed me to die at a particular age, I will die. So the idea is this. A true sage doesn't even bother about these kind of rituals. He doesn't bother about the kind of activities that are mentioned over there. Understand this. It is not important. If you are a true followers of spirituality, there is nobody in this world. I can't think. I mean, for whatever you may say, I will not even bother our thinking. Imagine Jesus doing a Surya Namaskar. I mean, think about it. Have you? Can you ever think of a Surya Namaskar being done by Jesus Christ? That is the greatest sage of all times. The greatest master. He is the son, you know, of God. He has never done that. Ah, you will say, you know, he died early. Okay, he was put on the cross. It doesn't make a difference. He never followed any of those things. He came up with his own religion. 
You see, the idea is this. Just because it is written somewhere, people think that that is spirituality. Krishna is advising these people, those who believe, those who are on the path of spiritual, he says, doesn't matter. Okay? So you should not be bothered about doing any arguments. In case of any disputes that are arising, why is it like this? Why is it like that? The sage is supposed to behave like a complete lunatic. Maybe he should dig his ears or something like that. What are you saying? I can't hear you. Uh, you know, like that. I'm sure, you know, the person in front will definitely think, this guy is a mad fellow. Let us go away from here. They will walk away from there. Because there is no point in arguing with this person. He behaves like a stupid fellow. And a sage is supposed to behave like a stupid person. If a sage behaves in a conformity, he is conforming to the material worldly ways of working or living, then he is not a sage. If a sage says, Namaste. You know, they, these are bloody fake people. A sage is never supposed to be like that. I don't think uh, Sai Baba ever did like this kind of a Namaste and this kind of a things. Even Ramakrishna Paramahansa never bothered about somebody coming and saying, Good morning, sir. He will give him a look and say, oh, Who is this idiot who has come? You know, like, like that kind of a look. Never bothered. If somebody did namaskar to him also, I am sure none of these people, you know, whomsoever I am mentioning right now. Imagine Kabir standing over there. Ayushman Bhava. You see all those serials that you see, the crappy serials that are there. I don't think Krishna ever did Ayushman Bhava. All these kind of things. Only Vishnu will do that. The Vishnu avatars. They will be doing like this, you know. Hands will be like this. I don't think Krishna will be. Krishna is busy fiddling with his flute. Okay. The understanding should be that. There is no such thing in this world for a sage. A sage is least bothered about it. He should never take sides. If there is an argument going on, you know, between two people or between... Normally what the governments and all these people do, know, they go and consult the spiritual people. And they will ask them, is this the correct way? And the spiritualist will say, yes, I believe this is the correct way. Krishna tells these people, you know, you are not supposed to give any kind of a verdict over there. First and foremost, don't take sides. You are not supposed to take sides. Imagine somebody coming and asking you a question. You are from India. Which side will you take? Indians or Chinese? Naturally, an average human being is definitely going to say, I am an Indian. I want to take the side of India. You see, I was watching Sonam Wangchuk. He is talking about China's uh, apps to be banned and all that. Of course, it is. this is the way how he is supposed to behave. But if you think somebody who is higher up is going to give you opinions, you know, a spiritual master, I think you are mistaken. He is not supposed to give opinions. He is not supposed to be biased about anything. Whatever is happening is happening. It's a world of Maya. He knows these words. We should go to the next one. This is verse 31, chapter 13, the last message of Sri Krishna, the Uddhav Gita. Verse 31, the sage should not be vexed by people nor vex them himself. He should put up with the vilification and never insult anybody. For the sake of the body, he should bear enmity to none as bees do. You see, normally people, they get irritated by other people's behavior. How can he behave like this? These are ordinary people. They are not spiritual. 
If somebody, if you get upset because somebody is behaving like this, just imagine somebody comes to meet me and I, oh, I'll do some kind of a face and make, you know, and maybe I'll start singing. That day when I, uh, there was a Guru Purnima, I started singing a filmy song, you know. He's a Guruji. How can he sing filmy songs? Sir, I can even sing if you want, whatever, even all the latest songs also. All right. Doesn't matter. Why? A sage is supposed to follow your way of thinking. Oh, imagine me doing something like that. I am not even bothered about doing those kind of things. I will not do Om Om and all that kind of stuff. Why? If you give me the latest filmy song, I will sing that. Alright? It is not something that you are supposed to do. You are not even supposed to attract attention. This is okay. Oh, the Guruji, you know, he is, he is instead of giving some satsang, about God and stuff like that. You know, that fellow was singing song of that Sushant Singh, you know, Chichore and all that. Oh, he said so? How is that? Chichori. <laughs> what? This is the way. Please understand this. Don't, don't bother about this. A sage is never supposed to be doing any of these kind of things. Please remember this. A sage is not supposed to be bothered about what the world thinks. Here it is written. He should not he should not be vexed with other people. He should not be bothered about other people. And he should not even be trying to tell them something. Because why? You can't tell an idiot anything. You should understand this. The, the whole world is like that. They will follow typical things, you know. Oh, I got to do like this. And the sage is not supposed to go and change their way of thinking. Why should he bother about it? You see, if he tells them, this is not the way you know, you should do like this. First, you should pour the water, then you should pour the milk, then you should pour this. But Guruji, I have seen in the YouTube that first they will do this. He is not supposed to do all these things. He says, if you want, you mix the whole thing and put it together. Doesn't matter to me. Got it? Huh? That means that will save you a lot of time and energy instead of doing all those home, 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 all those kind of things. It's not important. He should put up with the vilification and never insult anybody. Vilification. People will come and say whatever they feel like, you know. That Guruji, you know, he's a, he's a gone case, he's a nut case. What to do? You go to and sit in front of him, you know, he will not give you proper answers. He will just talk something in the air and then he will come up with some story. Do you know why he is doing that? If he is a true sage? Because he doesn't want you to come to him with all your, you know, those list of things, the laundry list of wants and desires. I want job, I want children, I want this, I want that. He's not interested in all those kind of things. You have gone to him for liberation, self-realization. Yes, then he will talk correctly to you. I still remember, you know, a story which I had read about Swami Chinmayananda. His own master didn't even pay attention to him. Every day he would go and sit in front of him. And the Pawan Maharaj didn't even look at him. Why? Till you don't show your sincerity, the true spiritual master will not even give a damn to you. No, he is not even going to be bothered. Because you see, there are a lot of psychophants who will come and say, Guruji, I have come to meet you. You know, I met you last in the year 1947. Now I am meeting you again. It is so nice to see. The Guruji looks at this kind of people. Yeah, one more idiot has come. 
Why? This guy is not even interested. He just comes to say, oh, what is that? If you are a true spiritual seeker, then the master will pull you out of it like this, literally. He is like a magnet. Then he will take you out of that rut that you are in. And then he will give you the lessons. Otherwise, if you go like an ordinary person, say, I want to know this, I want to do this, this is what he is not, not bothered about it. No lessons will come from him. Please remember this. So, people can go and vilify him, can say whatever they feel like. You know this guy, he is not a good fellow. He is useless. He has done this. Okay, fine. So, for the sake of body, he should bear enmity to none as bees do. You know, bees, what they do, you know, you may think, you know, this tiger fellow, no? he is going and going to eat that, that goat over there. You see, if the tiger's stomach is full, he is not even going to look at the goat over there. Doesn't matter. Why? Because he is not having some enmity with the goat. Please remember this. The tiger doesn't have enmity with the goat. Exactly like that. A spiritual master has no enmity with anybody. Nobody. Why should he have enmity with anybody? People might have said a lot of wrong things to him. They might have gone and backstabbed him. They might have done anything. They have not even given a penny to him. They don't even bother about the way he lives. And yet, he doesn't have any enmity with this kind of people. So he behaves exactly in the way like he's supposed to behave. in a lunatic. Understand this. Please remember this. Next time you see a master and if he behaves like a lunatic, please go along with it because you see, he's supposed to behave like that. Got it? <laughs> hmm. We are going to verse 32 from chapter 13, the Uddhav Gita, the last message of Sri Krishna. The one supreme self alone dwells in the bodies of all beings and in one's own body as the moon is reflected in so many vessels of water and all bodies are of the same nature. So now the reason why all this is. The spiritual master, the greatest of the gurus, the, the absolutely the highest knower of the truth, he knows this one principle very, very simply. That God is in everything. There is only one Paramatma. The Paramatma doesn't have separations. He doesn't have different, different, you know, bits and pieces lying around here and there. He is one. He is everywhere. He is in this universe and he is beyond the universe also. That means he can take a form if he wishes to and he cannot even take a form. He can be just invisible to anybody in the form of Brahma also. So he can be this and that and that and that and everything. And he can be nothing. You take your pick, whichever you want. He can be nothing and he can be everything. So here he says, the one supreme self dwells in bodies of all beings and in one's, one, one's own body. So the supreme master, this sage knows this, that whatever is in him is there in every other person as well. So that is the reason why he doesn't make those differences. He is least bothered about people because he knows that everything is one alone. So he is not going to be bothered about his own wife, kids, family, relatives, this one, that one. No. See, understand this. In most of the cases, if you are a king, see, if you are a king, what do you do? You will take your own son, you know, the eldest of the son and say, you will become the, today you are the prince. 
tomorrow you will become the king so they have what is called as a lineage the lineage comes in a different way a true spiritual master doesn't have a lineage at all who is the person after swami you know for uh, if you if you take uh, ramkrishna mission over there you will get the answer that there was vivekananda and downwards brahmananda and downwards but who came after uh, ramakrishna paramahansa nobody ramakrishna paramahansa didn't give his mantle to anybody after sai baba who came nobody after kabir who came nobody see i'm telling you this after tukaram maharaj nobody tukaram maharaj never said you know my son my daughter you take my gaddi he doesn't bother about all those kind of things so always remember this there is no enmity with anybody so they see the entire universe as one so there is no such thing as you know somebody is going to follow nothing like that okay so here he knows these things the sage knows these things that is the reason why he is not bothered about the conformity in this world all right we'll move to the next verse this is chapter 13 uddhav gita verse 33 possessed of steadiness he should not be sorry when he gets no food nor be delighted when he gets it for both are controlled by destiny this is a truth you see the idea is people are bothered about their stomach they feel you know that i got to eat food in the material world you are living because of the food alone because you have a food body everybody lives because of the food isn't it but a sage is not the body understand this sage is not the body so he should not be bothered about the food that he gets to eat if he doesn't get to eat it's fine if he gets to eat it is fine you have heard about stories where the sages have not had food for many days also you see if you don't have food for one day you are going to feel very very hungry you are going to get upset the idea is the sage is least bothered about all this kind of things the idea you need to understand is he is not the body so the food body comes into the picture isn't it if i say if he is the body food body will come into the picture then he is bothered about eating drinking sleeping all those kind of things but if he is not the body the question doesn't arise that he needs the food so it is okay if he doesn't get a food to eat it is all right in the same way he should not be delighted when he gets fancy foods you see many a times you will find that there are there is a big mejwani over the mejwani means a, a feast you know feast there is a feast there are 100 things lying over there uh, by the way i was just seeing something i saw that one mother in law made 65 dishes for one son in law in andhra pradesh for a son in law she made 65 dishes and she became a sensation on in, on all the internet you see even if you are given 56 dishes or 65 dishes or 100 dishes in front of you also as a sage please bother okay a person should not be feeling mighty please just because he has got 65 dishes in front of him so did you get the point both the sides where once you don't get the food and on the other side you are given fantastic food to eat both this should not sway the sage at all he should be willing to eat whatever that comes in his way doesn't matter 
I still remember the story of Tilopa and Naropa. You see, the master was eating the dead dog. <laughs> you see, there was a dead dog lying on the road and this master was sitting over there. By the way, the disciple did not know about this. So he took that, he took the, the dead dog must have been dead for many days. You see, if a dog is dead for say a couple of days, you know the, the amount of sting that it creates. Just imagine the master was sitting over there. He removed the intestines of the dog and chomping on them. Oh my God, if just the idea of telling you this also will give you the shows. You'll do like this. You see, it is the master. He's not some ordinary person. No, he's not a Korean. Ah, no. Otherwise, he'll say, oh, the Koreans eat dogs. Okay. Or the Chinese eat dogs. We're not talking about them. We are talking about a spiritual master. It really doesn't matter to him. So he had created an illusion because a spiritual master knows this whole world is an illusion. So he can eat anything and he can stay hungry. It really shouldn't matter to this person. So a sage should not be bothered about these kind of things. Hmm. Now we move to verse 34, chapter 13, Uddhav Gita. He should strive to procure his food for continuity of for continuity of life is desirable. Though it one one can reflect on truth knowing which one becomes free. That means what? Think about what is being said over here. Normally a sage, what does he do, you know? He takes a bowl and he goes and begs for food somewhere. Yeah, it is okay to beg. Go beg for food from four different houses. If you get something to eat, eat it. If you don't get anything to eat, it is fine. It really doesn't matter. His idea is not to behave like an ordinary human being. No way. He is not supposed to be bothered about, you know, putting up piles of food and stuff like that. No, 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 no. He is not supposed to be doing that. The procurement of food is a necessity of life for an average human being. Correct? For an average human being, food, clothing, shelter, money, most important thing. All money can buy all these things. Food it can buy, clothing it can buy, shelter it can buy. But these are the job of an average human being. A simple human being, a common man, he is supposed to be bothered about all these things. He gathers money because he doesn't have that capability. So what he will do is he'll gather more and more and more and more money so that he can feed his family, himself and the people that he is there with. Now, the idea is to do that. Then shelter is the most important thing. Clothing. These are certain things that a person, roti, kapda, makan as we call it in Hindi. Roti, food, kapda, clothes, makan means a house. These are basic necessities which a person is supposed to have. The sage may be living in a cave. I told you, he may be staying in a cave. A cave is his dwelling. So he has taken care of the house. The clothes. He should not be bothered what clothes he is wearing. He can wear any kind of clothes. You know, it is not important to wear some fancy clothes at all. He can wear anything that comes. That is fine. 
and it should be perfectly okay. It might be torn, it might have a hole in it, that doesn't matter. Food, whatever food comes his way, he should live like a serpent. You know, you have seen uh, the snake, you know, he lives in his cave, you know, whichever, that small hole of his. And then he waits for the rat or somebody to come and when he comes, he'll go and pounce on it. That is the way they live. If the food comes to him, he will eat. Otherwise, he is not going to eat. So, a sage is always normally concerned like this. Food is required to keep his body running. So, he will eat when it is necessary. Have you seen an animal? You know, animals, how they live? They will only eat food when they are hungry. Otherwise, they don't want to eat also. And people normally keep on doing like this. See a bear. A polar bear or all those bears. I don't know which bear that is. He, you know, he eats... Six months he will eat. After that six months he will be going in hibernation. You know, he doesn't have to go to a gym to reduce his body. You know that, no? He goes and sits inside one, you know, he puts eyes right around him and sits over there. He may be doing some home or something like that. Maybe he's like, he's not a, uh, you know, gummy bear, no? People look at me and they say, you are a gummy bear. Why? Because I've got a stomach. So just imagine, he sits over there like a gummy bear and then he becomes like a thin bear and comes out from... (laughs) Why? Because six months he doesn't eat. The idea is you should not eat for the sake of eating. You know, just just because you want to fill your stomach. So this is the idea. You should reflect on the truth knowing which one becomes free. The idea of food, clothing and shelter. A sage should reflect on this because he knows the truth. So he reflects on it and he says, yes, I need these three because I have to maintain the body. That's it. Beyond that, there is nothing. There is no maintenance of the supreme. The spirit within me, the self within me doesn't need maintenance. No need. Okay? Yes, those who are on the path of spiritual, I am not saying about the sage. Remember, those who are on the path of spiritual, you are like a car which requires maintenance constantly. You see, you have to go to the, you have to go to the, you know, garage every now and then and maybe get yourself cleaned, oiled, put some, you know, all those kind of things that you're supposed to do. Yeah, check all your things and then come. Which means what? You may be going and sitting in the Himalayas or you may be sitting for whatever that you are doing. Somebody has told you, you know, go sit in the Himalayas or go do meditation. But every few months you should come down and go and service your body parts. Which means sadhana is a must. Alright. Sadhana is important for everybody. <laughs> Those who are on the path of spiritual. Alright. All the sadhakas important thing is sadhana. But for the spiritual master no, no maintenance is required. He may be just sitting over there like this for ages. Alright. So <laughs> yesterday I was telling you the story of Swami Samarth of Akkalkot. He was sitting for 300 years it is believed in this Kardalivan. He just sat over there. 300 years? There is nothing over there. It is 40 kilometers inside the jungle. You know, it's the most difficult trek over there. I don't know how people do that. So they go over there to see this place. It's a small cave-like kind of a structure. He used to, he was there for 300 years. A sage may not be eating also. You have your bodily, you know, fluids coming out here and there. He doesn't even bother about that. See, got the answer? Hmm. Right. Right, verse 35, alright, 
from chapter 13 Uddhav Gita, the sage should eat food, good or bad, which comes of itself and use clothes and bedding just as he obtains them. Alright. Now, this is the thing which you should know. How does a sage eat his food? Whatever that comes his way. Now, think about it. I was telling you one story, you know, like about that khachar, you know, a, a Brahmin and a person, they go up the mountainside and while they are climbing up the mountain, there is a, there is a landslide. Everybody gets caught. They are lying over there. They only have one khachar. Okay, khachar means a, a mountain, I don't know what you call it. Okay, mule, I think. I don't know. Okay, so <laughs> that animal is there. For many days, they don't get anything. Finally, the kachar dies. That animal dies. The person who is a normal human being, he says, you know, uh, can you eat this? So the person who is, uh, is a vegetarian guy, he says, me eating non-veg? Right now is not correct. Sir, it is a requirement at that point in time. If you have to eat that animal, you got to eat that animal to survive. This, this is a story from Munshi Premchand, okay? I just uh, re relating it to you for you to understand that it's not important. What food comes your way? You can eat it. If you are a sage, a sage can eat which, whatever kind of food that comes his way. It's okay. Right? Then, use clothes. What clothes? Any clothes that are given, if he gets them ordinarily, the whichever way. You know, the funniest part of it all is some people, uh, you know, when people ask, you know, Guruji, kya paainte hai? What does Guruji wear? So, Guruji wears only this kind of t-shirts and this kind of jeans. How many? Oh, I want to give t-shirts. I want to give jeans. How many jeans and t-shirts do you think I will be wearing? You see, there's a pile of them lying over there somewhere. Tomorrow you can make a museum out of it. That's the funniest part. <laughs> there is no point. You see, it's, it's called reuse. You keep on reusing it till finally it goes away. Right? So, clothes. A sage should not be bothered about clothes at all. Whatever comes his way, he can use. So sometimes you can get orange color clothes. Does it matter? Doesn't matter. Sometimes you will get some other color clothes. It's okay. Doesn't matter at all. Right? Then bedding. Now this is a bedding is a very funny subject. So you can sleep on the floor also. You can sleep on the stone also. You can sleep on a very nice, you know, five-star hotel, you know, all those nice, comfy, cozy beds also. A sage can sleep wherever he feels like. It doesn't matter how he sleeps, where he sleeps, what he does. He'll not even be bothered. A sage should be sleeping wherever he gets place to sleep. If he is given a bed, he can sleep on the bed. If he doesn't have a bed, he can sleep on the floor. A sage is always like this. At least till I was in Goa. That is till 2019. Okay. Beginning. I was still sleeping on the floor. Doesn't matter. Then kind folks, they gave me one bedding. Okay. I have to sleep on that now. So I sleep on that. It's okay. Whatever is given. It's okay. Doesn't matter. So the idea is this. You should not be as a sage person should not be bothered with what food he eats. Okay. Second thing, he should not be bothered about the clothes that he wears. Third, he should not be bothered about the bedding that he is sleeping on. Anything goes. Even a floor is fine. That's it. Alright, we move to the next verse. These are small verses. Okay, so <laughs> we can do them fast. Yeah, you might be wondering, you know, why this doesn't go fast in other subjects. 
the bhagavad gita is going so slowly one or two verses only the uddhav gita is going super fast okay it's all right don't bother <laughs> so chapter 13 uddhav gita verse 36 um, the man of realization should observe cleanliness wash his mouth and bathe and go through all observances but not because of scriptural injunctions as i the lord do everything of my free will right now those who are the sadhaks sadhaks means those who are spiritual aspirants or those who are on the path of spirituality on the path they are supposed to follow injunctions as laid down in the scriptures that means they should have cleanliness shaucha you know you should be clean neat everything should be done in that way why because that is a requirement they should have a disciplined life otherwise tomorrow you will come and tell me guruji i can behave like a lunatic because i have become a sage ha huh? you have become a sage very good i have joined the gang see no <laughs> just because i gave you the idea how a sage behaves don't try to emulate the sage okay don't try to copy a sage please guruji if you are sleeping on the floor i will also sleep on the floor if you are eating two meals like breakfast and lunch only i will also eat i will not eat dinner don't say this kind of words it really doesn't be of you because are you able to handle all these things no you can't you see if one person comes to you with a problem in his life you know you are going to be feeling so i've said people sitting in front of me and when somebody comes with a problem they will say you know this person drains me out you know he is come with so many problems well the sage is getting problems after problems and forget about one person's problem he has to handle the whole world's issues so a sage is like this so remember this the idea that scriptural injunctions have to be followed by those who are on the path of spiritual so they should have a proper sense of wearing clothes they should be clean and neat they should be wearing things you know all perfectly the way it is mentioned in the scriptures then next what is the next they they have a particular way of living that means they do the puja paat this that so many things they are allowed to do a sage a self realized person a man of realization should observe cleanliness of the mouth and other things yes you will find that a sage also may go and brush his teeth okay but he is doing it just for the sake of doing he is not doing it because he has to achieve some objective in life last night i was talking about it i said today i don't have any objective left in my life to achieve there is nothing in this world that can stop me why because what is there to achieve in this world today you think i have to go somewhere i have to eat something i have to see some you know fancy castles and meet some people in this world nothing there is nothing for me to do i don't have any objectives in this life to achieve so what difference does it make if i am there or not there the idea is that there should be nothing in front of you there is nothing that should hold you back in the normal world people are bothered when they are dying what are they bothered about my children what will happen to them my mother i was taking care of her i was sending money home i was taking care of my brothers and sisters i was doing this 
A normal human being does all these kind of things. But a person who is a sage, who has achieved something, why should he be bothered what is happening and what is not happening? Because of the last line which is mentioned over here. Because as I, the Lord, do everything of my free will. Krishna says, I do everything for the sage also. Though I have told the sage that he is supposed to be clean, he should observe cleanliness of the mouth and bathe and go through all observances. Though I have told him to do that, but it is not necessary at all because I will take care of him. The Supreme Lord Sri Krishna takes care of these spiritual masters. It really doesn't matter whether they have food to eat, whether they are clean, whether they are neat, whether they have money, whether they have clothes, whether they have place to stay. It really doesn't matter to them because Krishna takes care of all their needs. But when the sage is in the world, he behaves like an ordinary person. I told you, he behaves like a lunatic also sometimes. Isn't that what we said just now? He will brush his teeth, he will wear clothes, he will behave in a very clean manner. Yes, but it is not necessary and important for him to do. The man of realization should observe cleanliness, wash his mouth and bathe and go through all other observances but not because of scriptural injunctions. As I, the Lord, do everything of my free will. So everything happens by the free will of the Lord. So it really doesn't matter. Got the answer? Yes, we will do one last verse and then tomorrow we will do after that. So verse 37, chapter 13. He has no perception of differences and if he ever has any, it has been removed by his realization of me till the dissolution of the body. He sometimes has a semblance of it and after that he is one with me. This self-realized person, this sage, he has no perception of differences. Normal people have differences. They see people as their relatives, friends, this, that, good food, bad food, good clothes, bad clothes, good place to stay, bad clothes, place to stay. These are the differences which an average human being has. A sage, a spiritual master doesn't have that because he is not supposed to be bothered about what he eats, what he drinks, what he sleeps in. It really doesn't matter. He has no relatives, he has no friends, he has nobody with him. He is alone. Got it? He is alone. He has nothing in front of him, nothing behind him except the supreme divine consciousness because he is lost in the self constantly. He is not bothered about what, how things are moving around in this world. Whether somebody gives him food, somebody gives him money, somebody gives him place to stay, somebody gives him you know, water to drink. It is for a normal person. But for the sage, for a self-realized being, for the master, the spiritual, highest spiritual master, it really doesn't matter. Because there are no perception of differences. When some people come and tell me, you know, those are your people. Those are your people. You don't talk to me nicely. Well, what a person doesn't understand is this. If you make a difference, then there is not a sage sitting in front of you. It's an ordinary person. 
You cannot have arguments with him. You cannot say whatever you feel like. There is no way in which you should talk. We are going to do that verse tomorrow where it is mentioned that you are not allowed to speak. As an average human being, you are not supposed to make differences because the, the sage is not even bothered about the differences. He doesn't have anybody. Nobody is his. The world is only the Lord's and he is lost in the Lord. So there is no perception of differences. Let us say he has. He says, and if ever he has any, it has been removed by the realization of me. So when he realizes Sri Krishna, God realization comes to this sage, then all these differences fall away. When Krishna himself is there in his life, then there is no difference between anybody. If you are on the path of becoming a spiritual master or a sage, or if you are on the path of becoming this great sage yourself, you cannot have differences like that. If you have differences, if you think that this is my father, this is my mother, these are my brothers, sisters, husband, wife, this is my world, my country, this, that, then you are not a sage, then you are an ordinary human being. A sage has no differences whatsoever. He doesn't make any differentiation between anybody. He is a God-realized person. And a God-realized person doesn't see the world as separate. He sees the whole world in himself. Can he make a difference of any of his body parts? No. So, till the dissolution of his body, he sometimes has a semblance of it. Sometimes, very rarely, will a sage have a semblance of the body. That means, if you say something to him, he may feel a little bit upset. Maybe, maybe, maybe. A little semblance, a 1%, a 0.1% semblance, you can see, you know, oh, he's got a problem. He is like this. You can think like that. But after that, he is one with me. So when he body, his body goes away, he dies. He doesn't remain. When he has merged with me, or when he dies, he will merge in me. Krishna has said these words, these beautiful words to Uddhava. And Uddhava Gita is the epitome of spiritual knowledge. Please understand this. So I end my satsang over here. I will see you all tomorrow from verse 38 onwards. Alright. So I will take your leave. You have a great day ahead. Stay indoors. The coronavirus is spreading very wildly. So be safe. Take care. Bye.